White Cloud, feed to the right, back in front, White Cloud scores! White Cloud, bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle, went to the outside right for Stone, Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud, the righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds, through the left circle, number nine closing in, he scores! It's an overtime winner, Jack Eichel, 2-1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I am so happy that you told me that that little liner at the start of the show telling people to listen to the BGK Insider Show at 4 o'clock is played every day because it's part of the legalese of being on the air. Now I don't have to wonder, why are we telling people to listen to the show when they're already listening to the show? Uh, I, I, I have so much space left in my head now that's uh, freed up. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. It's uh, Rick, uh, uh, Chris Chapman, not Rick Chapman. Uh, Chris Chapman <laughs> in the Fox Sports <laughs> Las Vegas studio. Uh, is there thinking, a Rick Chapman? <laughs> there is a Rick Chapman. There is. I will not go down that uh, that area, but I will tell you uh, What's up, later Rick? On. How you doing? Ricky, Ricky, Rick. Um, the, was, I was going down... Because the Lucky Launch is this weekend, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was on the AHL.com website and the Henderson Silver Knights uh, website. And Garrett Calloway, uh, my buddy at work, uh, we started uh, looking at different prospects in and around the Vegas Golden Knights organization. The World Junior Championship is coming up. So we started looking at some of that. Uh, Then we ended up on the uh, Savannah Ghost Pirates website mm-hmm. and Isaiah Seville is having himself a year in goal for the Savannah Ghost Pirates and different logos started popping up and we started uh, looking at uh, some of the ones that that we like we, we're so like lucky and fortunate the Henderson Silver Knights logo is one of the best in sports like if you want to call it fierce it's fierce if you want to call it cool uh, it's it's really cool. It it uh, covers them all off, and then you got the VGK and that Savannah Ghost Pirates, mm-hmm. the ECHL affiliate, is just modern as modern gets. There's a lot of green. I'm a big fan. Yeah, neon, right? Yep. That uh, we saw some of the uh, the glowing in the dark for the pocket square that we had uh, the other night at the uh, Vegas Golden Knights game. Uh, we we have the lucky launch tomorrow. Uh, Henderson plays tonight actually against Coachella. Uh, then they play tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Uh, uh, is is our game not the most amazing that we have multiple different areas where fans are allowed to participate and throw things on the ice? There's not another sport like it. Like a, a hat trick, you're encouraged to throw a hat on the ice. Sure. And you don't get kicked out. You You, you don't cross the line by doing something stupid. Nobody ever does that. But you're encouraged to throw something on the ice. And at the uh, Lucky Launch... We were throwing a stuffed uh, toy on the ice. You just you, you interrupt the game, mm-hmm. and it's all for charity, and it's embraced, and it's a way to to do something great for you, your community. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I'm I'm a big fan of throwing things, and I'm a big fan of making sure kids have presents during the holiday season. So you can't go wrong with the lucky launch. You, you want to make sure you get down there. You want to make sure uh, you participate because it's really fun throwing things on the ice. You gotta be careful though. In the sense of you gotta be strategic because there's the nets behind the net, so you you can't be too far away or close behind the net because you're gonna be blocked out. The other one is throwing a stuffed animal seems easy, 
or a stuffed toy. Shouldn't uh, shouldn't be mean to animals. A stuffed toy on the ice sounds easy, but in in the couple that I've participated in, I've been dejected because I haven't <laughs> been able to make it over the glass onto the ice because well you can throw it hard uh-huh. the thing kind of it it dies pretty quickly well you just have a weak arm yeah i think well, that's there's more, that more too, than likely but, it's but not it, no no it, it's it's not it's not the stuffed animal it's your arm they're, they're not aerodynamic Darren. By any means. Well, then you, you have to it's wrap your, it in the plastic bag, yeah, too. It's so, your so, oh, really? there's strategy. Really? Well, yeah. Have you done that? I, I was at the game last year uh, against, uh, they, they played Abbotsford mm. for the lucky launch. And it was at the Orleans Arena. And, yeah, you have to put your stuffed or your plush in a plastic bag because you don't want it to, you know, when you throw the, the, the plush on the ice, you don't want it to get on the ice and get all wet, wet and, and all that, yeah. you know, whatever else might be out there. So, uh, yeah, you have to put it in a plastic bag. And I you, don't you, see many of them in plastic bags. They're all remember in, that. Yeah, it's, huh. it's, it's, uh, there, there's Good some there's some aerodynamics involved in it, that too. That helps out. See, now, if we didn't have a game tomorrow, okay. the Golden Knights against Detroit, yeah. I would be over at the Dollar Loan Center trying to use this strategy more to my advantage and getting my ego back <laughs> instead of being as bruised as it's that's, been. That's the most important thing here. My ego. Yeah. But there's there's another strategy that you can go. You can go big time, like big dollar bills, and get one of those super big stuffed toys uh-huh. and look like a, a huge wheel walking down and throwing that out. Like you got your your, your couple of little chicken uh, stuffed uh, toys over there. I got a six-foot teddy bear that I'm throwing out there. That I could see Chapman and I doing. We'd have to go down. We'd have to go down to the glass and, and yeah, kind of yeah, toss no, it over do it. together. Yeah. You and I, big wheels. Yes, yes, big, exactly. Yeah, he, he, huge, huge egos throwing out there, making everybody else, even in a charity night. Yeah, oh, even yeah. in a charity night, got to stroke that ego. Yeah, we're 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 walking around. The, the looks well, we it, get as gonna, we walk in. It's going to take the two of you to be able to carry it down for the sure. Ice. Yeah, probably. And then, and then it's going to yes. take at least four or five attempts to get it over the. Oh, because you're saying we wouldn't be able glass. to get it over on the first try. It's yeah, probably. That's exactly what I'm well, saying. Well, yes. No, no, and me and Darren, we're walking down behind the net to try to throw it no, over, no, no, and it's going to hit the Darren's, net. Darren's going to throw his hip out. Like it's going to be fantastic. Fall down the stairs. Chapman's not very tall either, and I'm weak, so it's going to it's going to really be and I'm just going to be throwing my chickens on the yeah. ice. Yeah, your chickens. Multiple chickens yeah. 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 You'll have multiple toys to, to throw out there. There's the Lucky Launch Count tomorrow. Bring a, a stuffed toy and throw it on the ice when the Henderson Silver Knights score the, the first goal and then there's a bit of a delay and we talked about that with Brian McCormick yesterday about when when's the right time for the for the first goal because you don't want to be into the third period. Uh, one, not having scored at home. Number two, you know it's going to be a big delay, and you're you're trying to get back in the game, and then there's a big uh, delay <laughs> after you score. So uh, I, I I think six minutes into the first period between. The 15-minute mark and the 10-minute mark is the perfect time to have the lucky launch. Uh, the Golden Knights in Detroit to face the Red Wings tomorrow, and then they will wrap it up with a uh, contest in Boston on Monday. Two big games. One, because you want to try and at the very least split the road trip. Number two, get some momentum. Try to shake off as uh, one Bruce Cassidy terms it down. This is a great word, ladies and gentlemen. It's an awesome way to describe 
maybe a scuffling time in the schedule. They've got uh, they've ran into some turbulence. Yeah, that's that's the way he describes it. So it's a it's a cool way uh, to sum up what they've done since the nine game winning streak. Uh, but Detroit tomorrow is a challenge because you've got Boston on Monday. Detroit's better than they have been, but I think you've really got to focus on tomorrow. Uh, and that's why I liked what they did on the last road trip with the scheduling-wise. Not it's part of its luck, uh, but uh, Steve Atropetros, the schedule in the National Hockey League, uh, gave gave Vegas a, a, a nice schedule because they had Toronto and then Buffalo. Everybody wanted the Buffalo game, mm-hmm. but you couldn't look past Toronto or else you were going to get scored on a bunch. And so many connections to Toronto and wanting to play there and, and see fat like they're, they're it, it kept everybody and their eyes on the prize. And then you uh, recited for Buffalo tomorrow. It's not quite the same you know, with Detroit original six team. Yeah. But uh, still a team that's rebuilding, not quite in the same level of competitiveness or expectations as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so you, you got to dial it in and make sure that you're individually ready even more so uh, than that Toronto game. Because Boston, Boston's big. Boston's big for Bruce Cassidy. And as a result of that, Boston's big for the organization. And there's going to be so much emphasis on that game uh, because of, one, Bruce's tie in connection to the Bruins, but what the Bruins are doing this year mm-hmm. In being just that absolute wagon in the uh, in the in the National Hockey League, so there's uh, trying to use it as a measuring stick game and and keep up with the, with the top team in the National Hockey League. It trap game, use that term. Mm-hmm. It it kind of fits for tomorrow night that you got because you don't want to go into the Boston game needing that win for a split. No, not ideally. I I do have a hypothetical though, or just kind of a, a big. Bigger question to ask about that Boston game, and not to look past Detroit. I'm not see you're do doing that. it too. No, no, well, yeah, but that's mainly because we don't have a show between now and the Boston game. Who does that game mean more to, Bruce Cassidy or the Boston Bruins? Bruce Cassidy. And I answered that quickly. Yeah, that was fast. Yeah, no uh, fence sitting there. And guess what? I was slow compared to <laughs> how you should answer that. I. Uh, it is Bruce Cassidy, Bruce Cassidy, Bruce Cassidy. If I could tape it and record it like with the press of a button and be uh, three-tenths of a second faster, I would do it. It's all Bruce Cassidy. Boston, it was their decision. So that's why it ranks a little bit lower. The team ranks a little bit lower uh, than, than, than Bruce. Uh, number two, the, the Bruins are playing great. They've had an incredible start. So has Bruce. So you've got this collision right now mm-hmm. where Bruce has the potential to to sort of stick it, if you want to use that term. I love you. Stick it to the man, right? Uh, he, he can do that. But it wasn't Bruce's choice. Sure. It was the Boston Bruins. Bruce landed in a great spot and is doing an awesome job and uh, got a five-year contract. Like a lot of, he was out of work for eight days. Things things worked out really damn well for Bruce Cassidy in this situation, but he still wants that game as much as any, I would say, regular season game in his coaching career. He may not tell me that, mm-hmm. but if it was me, 
I would want Monday as much as any regular season game I've coached before. Yeah, I agree with you. I just wanted to see what you'd, what you'd say. Bruce Cassidy. <laughs> Bruce. Uh, let's hear from uh, Mr. Cassidy, the head coach of your Vegas Golden Knights, who's in conversation in Detroit after practice with Gary Lawless. Fast-paced practice. What were you trying to accomplish today? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, there's uh, probably three parts. One is uh, we get the legs moving after um, a travel night. Um, our breakout structure at the start, um, pucks going around the walls. I thought yesterday cost us in Pittsburgh. They did a good job, better job than us. Some of that is the person on the wall receiving the pass, and it's the four other players where they need to be to support that. Uh, second part was through the neutral zone. Detroit plays a 1-1-3, so we want to get off the wall as much as possible, work back to the puck to give ourselves space. And then the D zone at the end was uh, just a little boxing out in front of our net. I think that was the biggest area yesterday that, that exposed us was net front. Uh, coverage and being hard in front of their net, right? I think that we've talked about the slot battle all year and it's gotten away from us. And, and so we have to address it when we have opportunities to practice. So that was the goal today. It was pretty quiet after the game last night, more so than usual. You got the sense that the players weren't happy. How long do you want them to carry that before they, you know, they flip the page and start to get positive and thinking about the next game? Well, I want them to carry the feeling of not going into a winning dressing room right onto the ice tomorrow. But I don't want them to carry negative thoughts, any, anything past, you know, th this morning we addressed it in video. Some of it's not fit pretty. Our first goal was. That's how they scored, right? Uh, Stevie plays behind them, wins a battle behind the net, you know, and all of a sudden the puck goes to the net. Stoney's stronger than their D and Jack's stronger than their D, and we score a goal. So, like, we do the same things to teams. So they have to feel good about those parts. It's just the other, but there's too much of, of Pittsburgh, you know, winning those those battles. So we know we need to correct it. So identifying the, the problem and going out and work on is how I always felt would be a good thing. So the players want to have a bit of a chip on their shoulder tonight because we didn't win, you know, and you don't want things to snowball. And that's what good teams do. They get out of funks. And as I said yesterday, there's a little turbulence right now for us. And the better we, we repair our game, the easier it's going to be to, to, to get through it. You obviously had a long time in an original six building. This building's kind of like a museum. Have you ever walked around, even onto the concourse, like the, the Gordie Howe statue? Like some of the stuff here is pretty fantastic. Um, I, can't, I know I walked out of here and around here a number of years ago, but uh, I haven't seen all the good stuff, I guess. I think I walked towards the, the baseball parks right there, right? So I probably was on my way. It was probably in the spring, see if the uh, pesky Tigers were playing. Um, but, yeah, I like it here. I, I liked walk. I walked around Joe Lewis a lot, too, back there along the water because uh, you can see Canada from there. So nice to take a look at home. But, yeah, it's a great, uh, a great hockey city. Uh, it's always good when Detroit Red Wings are playing well. They're playing better. Um, I think it's good for the NHL when all the original six teams are going well. That's a good point. Uh, thanks to Gary Lawless for the interview with Bruce Cassidy today in Detroit. Uh, new arena, Little Caesars Arena, uh, taking over from uh, Joe Lewis uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, I'll go down this path with Little Caesars in a second. But Joe Lewis was cool because it was like right on the water. Mm -hmm. And that, that shot from uh, across uh, from, from Canada over uh, that you always saw on, on the television broadcast was so cool because it looked like the, the rink was half in, in the lake. And it, just, it was one of those optical illusions. And uh, did you guys ever get to Joe Lewis? No. No, unfortunately there, just, not. There, there's something uh, like it. 
I wouldn't put Joe Lewis in the same category of Maple Leaf Gardens or the form. I never got to the form, uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't have uh, put it in that uh, that same category of great old nostalgic buildings. Mm-hmm. Joe Lewis was neat, but there was a few things that were like stood out. One, there is enough beer spilled in that place that the aroma never left it. You, you know, oh, like that's you, endearing. You, wait, you, you go into a, it, so it's like that stale beer well, smell. No, yeah, that's endearing. You <laughs> go into a barn, uh-huh. and like an old abandoned farm, sure. and you walk into the barn, and it still obviously has the aroma of animals. Uh-huh. Uh, th- this is the same way, but with stale beer. Like it had seeped into concrete. Uh, you don't naturally go, okay, concrete absorb stuff it mm-hmm. does a little bit but like it it absorbed a lot of beer over the years where you walk down the concourse by the dress rooms or the main concourse there there was no mistaking where you were in in the sense of an athletic uh, facility right that uh, that put on uh, events where there was booze served so that was one thing the other one is uh the the press box at at Joe Louis arena it there wasn't one and and so you you call these games the play by play the uh, uh, analyst mm-hmm. would call these games they'd be in this like room right against the wall, <laughs> but you didn't you didn't necessarily go up it wasn't in a balcony mm-hmm. or a traditional press box where you you were it was built in there mm-hmm. it's this little r- room or row of rooms but it was only about six feet deep now imagine six feet and you've got to fit a camera. <laughs> behind you mm-hmm. to shoot you towards the ice and then so you're you're literally leaning over the desk backwards so the camera operator could have just a little bit of room to to get the two of you in the shot and then you had to be both right up against it, it I don't know whether they actually forgot the press box or that was their idea of being modern with the press box but uh, it was strange it it was a neat rink Joe Lewis I didn't shed a tear when that place left, uh, certainly. I like the big stairs. I think there were some cool parts of it. But uh, but Little Caesars, Little Caesars is huge. When you when you're you guys both know because you're you're downstairs and for those that uh, there are, are not uh, fortunate like us to be uh, in uh, the event level uh, right down by the ice of T-Mobile Arena. There's that ring uh, that uh, that hallway around that uh, goes by both dressing rooms mm-hmm. and then. Uh, gets into some of the suites uh, around the rink at that level. Well, Detroit has that that connects to the dressing rooms, and then there's an outer ring beyond that. Mm. Get, you, you get lost in that place. It is massive, and it's spectacular. It's almost too big, uh, not not seats-wise because it's less than Montreal, but it's almost spatially it's it's almost too big uh, for for a hockey ring, and it's it's only hockey. They Pistons don't play there. Mm-hmm. Tigers don't play there. Mm-hmm. Lions should play there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't tell Alec Martinez that. Oh, I got a story on Alec Martinez. Uh, Alec got to uh, go over to Ford Field today. Oh, yeah, for an episode of Nightlife. Uh, hung out with uh, Ashley Vice. Got a tour of Ford Field. Oh, that's very, very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You know who thought it was really cool? Alec, Alec Martinez. Martinez. Wow. You guys 
remember that. every Super Bowl, yeah. they do the player predictions. Yep. And it's uh, Edmonton against San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Alec Martinez Edmonton? every year picks Detroit. This yes. is a CFL crossover. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I didn't want to go with a recent Super Bowl matchup because I can't remember them. Uh, so I thought I'd try and Rams and Bengals. Yeah, just sneak yeah. in. Just, just last just year, sneak like in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Edmonton amazing. and San Francisco. We know that was your favorite CFL team. So. It was my. It was yes. my favorite CFL team. Uh, the old Eskimos, now the Elks. Uh, and that uh, that elk, that Iowa jersey in the ECHL. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen that, I Have. think it's an elk on it. it yeah, is a, yeah. By the it's, way, uh, it's pretty cool. A name, a name who or a player who plays on that Iowa team might be recognizable to some hardcore uh, VGK fans who maybe go to the development camp because Nick Campoli plays for the Iowa Heartlanders. So you went down the rabbit hole from the top of the clock. Uh, when we were, well, we're that's all he's been doing. I, I, that, been I doing. well see the, the reason I know he swallowed about that right team, up by no, the no, rabbit no, hole. No, no, yeah. here it is. So the reason I know about that team is they actually have a Japanese-born player on that team, Yuki Miura. So uh, I saw a couple tweets about him uh, recently when he scored a big goal. So <laughs> we were talking about logos uh, off the air. And that is a cool it, logo. It, it spilled over, and that's what you've been doing for the first ten minutes. Well, I looked. Up, no, no, no. I, I I pulled it up as soon What's as you mentioned. What's their team it. name? It's it's not the, Heartlanders. The Heartlanders. Yes. Great name. It is. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. cool. And they are really affiliated with the uh, Iowa and Minnesota. And Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, well, in, in the Savannah Ghost Pirates with the neon and the Ghost Pirates, the fact that uh, that the ownership of the uh, affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, <laughs> were torn between yep. the Savannah Ghosts mm-hmm. and the Savannah Pirates, yep. so they just made them the Ghost Pirates Well, combine it, the two, is, is one of the most different, but yeah. they cool stories that I've heard. I mean, it's, you know, not at all shocking to me that it's kind of the under the umbrella of an organization that you work with, work for, given your penchant for ghosts and pirates. Exactly. Makes right. total sense. Mm-hmm. Love pirates, because you know what? The uh, the patch on a pirate mm-hmm. is not because anybody got stabbed or anything like that. No, it's I know. You're going to uh, tell us all about it. Uh, because uh, the, uh, the eye adjusting below deck, so you mm-hmm. slide the patch over, you can see in the dark below yep. deck, because they didn't have lights back in the day. And then you come back up, you slide the patch over. It wasn't because you got... Uh, beat up in some kind of sword fest or anything like no, that. No, not at all. Uh, there, there you go. Uh, we, we've got the, the Golden Knights against the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow. Uh, fun stuff because uh, Detroit's going a little bit uh, and and much better. Uh, they're going to not have Tyler Bertuzzi in the lineup, so mm-hmm. that, like uh, last night uh, with uh, Pittsburgh not having Latang, that's, that's an advantage that you should be able to or want to be able to take advantage of. But but Detroit's a club, and I'll put them in the, not because they're rebuilding, but the Ottawa uh, category, uh, a team like uh, Anaheim, that wins don't mean as much at, at times. They're, you're never out of a game. They're always trying to score. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Detroit is, is now in, where they're competitive enough that they can be in games, but if they get down by a couple, they're not going away because they still want their goals and assists, their points. Yeah, I, I think that's you know that's fair. I, I I also think that the Detroit Red Wings are a better team certainly this year in that they they do want their points, they do want their goals, they do want their 
their cookies, so to speak. But you've also got a lot of veteran players that came over in the, over the course of the offseason that are also helping to set a tone, helping to set uh, an organization into into a, a new way of thinking when it comes to putting wins on the board. And you know what? It's it's led to a Detroit team that's been in the playoff picture for the you know first quarter of the season. How much? staying power that has really remains to be seen but uh, i mean this is a this is a team that's going to be a lot harder to play against than they used to be they've won three of the last four against vegas head-to-head uh so uh vegas has to be wary of that uh Jack Eichel against David Perron is kind of your offensive matchup in that one uh, Perron who left there or was uh, totally the, the St. Louis Blues wasn't offered a contract uh basically yep. uh was was allowed to to walk uh the Red Wings uh are just uh they're a rebuilding team but a but a dangerous team and uh I, I'm I'm excited to see them uh, against a team that I know very well in Vegas. I feel like I can judge Detroit a lot more against a team that I'm watching all the time compared to one-offs where, where it's the Rangers one night and uh, Washington the next and, and Nashville uh, the next night where I'm not as in tune as uh, watching every Vegas Golden Knights game. I'll have a, more of an idea of where the Red Wings are in their development. But being... Uh, what uh, five games above 500 right now? Modern mm-hmm. day 500. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive from from where they've been. And Billy Huso, the goaltender, who's been really bad against Vegas over the years, last couple of years. Like, it, I don't know whether he goes. Delkovich played the last game for the Red Wings, so mm-hmm. it, it would be logical that Billy Huso, their acquisition, uh, free agent acquisition uh, from St. Louis, uh, came over. Uh, it would be logical that he'll he'll go. But his numbers head to head with with Vegas or uh, against Vegas are, are not good. Uh, I'll, uh, I'm curious to see where Detroit is. Yeah, I I think you're right on the money there. Obviously, we see the Golden Knights day in and day out. We know what it looks like when a team is is maybe taking it to Vegas more than uh, it just be Vegas kind of not playing their game or or kind of self inflicted uh, injury uh, self inflicted pains. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that getting a look at this Detroit Red Wings team, this version of this team, is going to be really interesting and, and somewhat eye-opening in terms of where we view Detroit fitting in in, in the Eastern Conference and those standings. Alec Martinez, Michigan guy, gets to go have a tour of Ford Field. That is for a Nightlife episode, the magazine show of the Vegas Golden Knights on AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, I don't know whether it's going tomorrow night or next week. I'll, I'll find out and uh, and be able to tell you, and uh, we'll have a little bit more on it next week. But uh, that's a big thrill for Alec. Mm-hmm. Is there a rink, a current rink, or stadium or field that you would love to get a tour of more than any other. Give me a current facility and then a facility from the past uh, that that maybe you missed out on these. That would be my number one. Um, so you want me to give you two? You want me to give you? you yeah, I want current? a past and okay. a current. All right. Well, clearly the Montreal Forum, so I can hang out with the ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Would you be nervous? No, because they're not real. Well, if you're going to hang out with them, you're acknowledging that they're real. I mean, I'll like hang out and try to record some EVPs, but I doubt I'm going to. So, hear is anything. that your actual guess or, or, or uh, wish, or yeah, are you yeah, just saying yeah, that to? Yeah. to well, make... I'm saying it for the joke, but I don't really care about old really old arena. Yeah, no, like Yankee really. Stadium. No, there's not Montreal Forum. No, really. No. Yeah, doesn't really matter. The to Polo me. Grounds. I don't even know what that is. Wow, you are you no know. clue. No, yeah, Chap- Chapman looked at me like I was crazy. I have no idea what that no is. No respect for I, the past. I think he'd probably be a little bit older and maybe 
from the well, you're not from the East Coast, Aaron. Candlestick so, Park. Nah. Yeah, no, dude, come on. Candlestick Park? Talking to a Dodgers fan. Uh, what what so, are you doing here? Oh, time to be real. So you guys uh, talk about this. Uh, so at, oh like a legitimate current rink, it would be Madison Square Garden for sure. Like I, I've never been. I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to just kind of immerse myself in um, New York City. I've only been there a couple of times in my life. So Madison Square Garden for sure is the one rink that I want to go to and get a tour of. It's awesome. Like, I, I was lucky. I got to go. My uncle was a big Rangers fan, so he'd take me up there a couple times a year to go watch games. And, and just, even though I couldn't appreciate what was going on on the ice, mm-hmm. it's still a really cool place to, to see a game. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. And, and the history, not only just on the hockey, but all the other stuff that's taking place there. I'm not going to tell you to leave your family behind, Wallace, mm-hmm. but if you get to go to MSG, sure. leave your family behind telling you'll meet them inside. All right, and go as the media mm-hmm. and walk up the ramp, the circular ramp. Okay, uh, up. It's one of those rites of passage uh, that uh, that athletes and, and performers and everybody that's uh, that's played basketball or hockey or uh, did a concert there. But you walk up that ramp, and it's so cool just knowing all that. And it's the most unique entrance to a facility. That uh, that anybody's ever uh, you're ever going to experience it. It's it's neat in that way. So uh, MSG. Uh, so you have nothing from the past. You hate the past. Uh, it means nothing to you. Yep. Uh, more or what less. What about uh, what about you uh, there, Chappie? Um. You know, I I, I think Curran. I, I I Wrigley Field to me would would just be one of those really cool places. You've never been there. I've been. I've never been to a game there. I've been okay. outside of it, but it was the off season, so. Uh, it, it it didn't really. You I've know. only ever been to a hockey game there. Really? Yep. A yeah. Winter Classic. Oh, that's never been cool. to a baseball game there. And as far as like old historic, like to me, Maple Leaf Gardens would have been really cool. Yeah. Like it, it just again the history and, and and all the great players that have that have the ghosts of of come on of history. Don't that, that, that. Chapman. Stop it. <laughs> Second time. Today. So here's the cool thing about Maple Leaf Gardens is at the home end and uh, back in the day when I was there, my I had a good buddy who was their equipment manager. So I would get to go out. If there was a rehab player, I would get to go out and uh, beat the goaltender for those rehab skates uh, back then. And Nick Antropov and Dmitry Kristich, there's a, the, a bunch of them uh, over, over the years. But uh, before Maple Leaf Gardens closed down, uh, we would we would uh, do the rehab skates there. You'd be in the home end, and this is the neatest thing. You'd be standing there in the crease, and you'd turn around, and you'd look at where the goal judge would sit. And right through that goal judge area, because he wasn't there because he didn't have to do it for me, uh, you'd look through the doorway. There's this little doorway to the stands seven feet behind the behind the boards and that walked out to the concourse and 20 feet beyond that was the sidewalk and the street and it's all at the same level Mm -hmm. so you're standing imagine your turk broda johnny bauer uh yirhasira or curtis joseph uh over the years the same view yet you turn around, you look on the street, and I think it's college, uh, right, right on that that street, and it's it's right there. Like the subways or the streetcars are going by. It just as far as unique experiences or looks or because nowadays the arenas are in their same like like T-Mobile. It's the same complex. Yeah, uh, there's there's no traffic or anything like right around there. Imagine uh, uh, Logan Thompson. Turn around and being able to see uh, 
Las Vegas Boulevard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be great. Be, yeah. be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, be well, crazy. That that was the coolest thing. What was about, the old Hartford? Because uh, they played at a shopping mall, right? So Hartford what, Civic Center. Yeah. So what was that like? Uh, I never got to the Hartford Civic Center. Uh, it was my wife's first NHL game, though. Saw the Hartford Whalers play the uh, the Calgary Flames in that. But it was it was in a mall. It also had the roof blown off at one time. Oh. Uh, just like the Philadelphia Spectrum had the roof blown off at one time, uh, so they had to spend part of the that year. Now the old Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia—that was a dump. Yeah, well, the turf in that thing was oh, it was brutal, it was concrete. Hey, any any time you have a jail inside <laughs> yes. the stadium, yep. you're you're talking about a new level of. Uniqueness. That says a lot about Philadelphia, the city right, of brotherly okay. love. Well, they, they, the, the other day, the by the way, that's they, the they from the past. I want to go to. They the had a Thanksgiving day. Yeah. They, they played on Thanksgiving the other day, and a player got hurt, and the player got up and walked off the field. They booed him. Yes, Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, they they boo safe they, landings they, and Santa Claus. They boo Santa Claus. It's great. Yeah. And brotherly safe landings love. at the airport. Brotherly love. Yeah. Yeah. That was sarcasm uh, when they read that motto. Uh, let's uh, take a break. We've got one-timers uh, coming up. we also got tickets, uh, one set of tickets to the Boston Bruins game next week. And we are looking for a caller. Wallace, you're in studio. Give mm-hmm. me a number there. Ooh, uh, let's go caller number eight. Caller number eight to 702-876-1340. You will win two tickets to see the Golden Knights against the Boston Bruins here just a few days after they play there. Uh, we'll see what storylines uh, come up with that. I'm pretty sure uh, Brad Marchant will be right in the middle of it. Uh, one-timers on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Golden Knights take on the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow night. Uh, Red Wings suffering more injury news when it comes to Tyler Bertuzzi. He's on the IR with a hand injury. Second time that he's been on the IR with a hand injury as he just came back from a broken hand on the other arm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that, like, that's crazy bad luck. Not great. Uh, they got this uh, uh, from uh, Lalonde. Uh, the head coach for the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, he said it's very similar to the recent injury, but it's on the other arm. So uh, there you go. Uh, did you guys uh, see Mitch Marner? 18 straight games with the points, and that ties the Toronto Maple Leafs' all-time record with Daryl Sittler and Eddie Olchek. Eddie Olchek also wore number 16. Uh, this may shock you, but I think Mitch Marner's their most important player. Yeah, I don't disagree. 60 goals is impressive from Austin Matthews, but they were talking about playing Marner some shifts on the blue line. Yep. And now he's got 18 games in a row with a point, and he can absolutely win a hard trophy at some point because different person wins every year on the Norris and the uh, the Vesna. So why not why not the heart? But uh, no, I. I I'm really impressed with this. Uh, 18 straight games. He can uh, set the all-time Maple Leaf record tomorrow night. Uh, did you see the Seattle game last night? I saw the end of the Seattle game. So they, Seattle was down 2 nothing early against Washington. Yeah. Managed to claw their way back. Tied it late. Like late. Yeah. Did, I, I didn't think there was a chance that the puck was going to score it out that way. Yeah. And then right off the face-off 
of overtime. There's some confusion here. Did Manny Beniers and Under Burakovsky play the puck forward, or did it just happen to go to the side and then they squirted it forward? I'm not sure it was as intentional as it ended up being, mm-hmm. but Beniers uh, was credited with a breakaway and scored seven seconds in overtime. Uh, earliest overtime goal by a rookie in NHL history. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I'm not really sure how that puck propelled forward, but I know Maddie Beneers in on a breakaway is pretty much uh, and uh, game over. So, well, and the two Washington defenders mm-hmm. who were trying to track him down mm-hmm. collided with each other, and they went sprawling <laughs> yeah. into the corner. And you wonder why I don't buy, I don't buy the Washington Capitals as a playoff team. Just real quick, I, I do want to mention something uh, when it comes to trophies. The last back-to-back. Hart Trophy winner was Alex Ovechkin in 2007-2008-2008-2009. Yeah. But but we all agree, won. we all agree, right, that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. But Connor's won it uh, multiple times since then. Yeah, he's won it twice. Yeah, but just just not just not back to back. Uh the 7 seconds in overtime, too fast. You got to ride the puck there a little bit. No, you don't. Seven seconds is too fast. I get excited for overtime. I want to see overtime. There's a great anticipation no matter which team is playing in overtime. Mm -hmm. Seven seconds is a letdown to me. Did you have the same reaction when Max Pacioretty ran the annexation of Puerto Rico play to beat the Ducks in overtime in like four seconds? Yeah, because I'm thinking I'm I'm going to have to... Come up with, uh, I've got some time to put some storylines together for the post-game show. Not exactly right? how we drew it up, but I won't give away our, uh, our, uh, the annexation of Puerto Rico there. And that was too fast. And it's like, now nah, well, now we got to go to work. Okay. I like to enjoy overtime a, a little bit. There's a hole in your flaw, or there's a flaw in your in your argument here. Probably um, a hole in my flaw, too. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm this irritated I'm by it. I'm this irritated by it. Uh, playoff overtime? You're absolutely right. Seven seconds, too fast. Three on three? Eh, it doesn't matter. Hmm. I don't mind seven seconds in the playoffs because then I get to go to bed. No, 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 no. no. You're you're thinking about this it, all backwards. Then it's uh, then it's all night. You have all this time to kind of reset. You've got the flood. Like you're you're building up to something, and then seven seconds is oh. a total letdown in the playoffs. You that, haven't you haven't done this. I have. Where no 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 no. Where you've been on TV and you're sitting there and you're okay. What am I going to do for this overtime intermission? Am I going to get a guest? What are we? Are we going to get an interview? We, you're, you're trying to think, and you don't want to. You don't want to be talking to the producer too much because they're working on the game. But you're also nervous about trying to fill this entire intermission on television, and it's stressful. So I will take an early goal in overtime uh, if it's a playoff game. But in three on three. I want to enjoy it uh, a little bit. I want to get to this. Jordan Binnington last night was caught out of the net, (laughs) and he tried to throw a hit at my buddy Jordan Stahl. Yep. You don't hit Jordan Stahl. I I appreciated the effort, though. Oh, come on. And even Jordan Stahl Stahl was looking at him going, what? Like, what are you doing? Right. Uh, But but I appreciated the effort by by Jordan because he was caught out of his goal, and Mm. it was desperation. And normally desperation breeds brilliance, but it was not brilliant on this side. So you're mad at Logan Thompson for doing the same thing? Well, that was different in the sense of there was no reason 
really. There was no for reason for Jordan Bennington to do that. Well, because he was trying to. He was trying to keep Jordan Stahl from getting, no, 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 no. getting the Listen, puck. Listen, yeah. he he drops that puck off. He gets back into the net before Jordan no, Stahl picks the, up the puck. It was the I'm trapezoid. Sorry. That's the, it wasn't in the trapezoid. What are you talking about? It was behind the net. No, it was it was right beside the trapezoid. Yeah, there was it was. Bennington was, was behind the net. No, 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 no. Go look at it again. Okay. Like right now, go look at it again. Right beside the trapezoid. NHL's fake is tough he, guy there. He was he was uh, he was uh, caught out of there. I maybe, don't have time maybe, for the other stuff now. Maybe um, he'll stop got, trying uh, to fight everybody. We got one timers. I'll give you my haircut uh, situation, uh, my dilemma too, uh, as we catch up with Chapman next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. I I was going to go someplace completely different, but thanks to the Gilded Jester, I actually have a, a different direction of going with this. I'm going to go to your hometown of Brandon, Manitoba, where a very cool story involving, well, it's not very cool. I'll, I'll, you'll understand why when I tell you. But I know. So there were four members of the Brandon Wheat Kings who had just returned from volunteering at a Samaritan house earlier in the evening. Four players, Calder Anderson, Nolan Ritchie, uh, Jake Chayson, and Ben Thornton. They were traveling over the First Street Bridge, and they spotted a man who was sitting on the bridge at 9 p.m. They made a U-turn, turned around, went back, and one of the men or one of the players asked the guy if he was okay. Apparently, he was not okay. He was a bit distressed. They got out of the car, and they spoke with this man who was contemplating jumping off the bridge and committing suicide. So these four players, they stayed with the guy until police were able to arrive and, and help, you know, uh, the, the man kind of calm down. But a uh, really cool story that these four players, they saved this guy's life probably. So a big shout out to those four kids. And and just, you know, I, I thought when I saw the story, it was definitely the direction I had to go today and end the week on a, uh, on, a, on, a, on a positive note that these four players did something really incredible and, and courageous and helped save this man's life. I'm a good buddy with Nolan Ritchie's dad, uh, Darren, uh, so I can speak from uh, a very good experience in knowing the young man that he's uh, exceptional. Uh, he was a member of the summer development camp with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, this year, and they treat everybody like a teammate. That's the uh, the logic there, uh, that uh, they do a lot of uh, uh, sessions and uh, presentations and uh, and. Uh, trying to be mindful of your mental health and uh, what you would do with your teammate. Uh, you treat the, the somebody on the street the same way, and they pass that gentleman. And, uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. I saw the same story from Perry Bergson, uh, the Brandon's son. Uh, awesome stuff. Wild uh, and uh, amazing uh, contribution to society from those players. Yeah, pretty pretty incredible. They they all should, should feel very proud of, of what they did. Now... Uh, I want to get this in. It's not the greatest segue, uh, but uh, I had this dilemma today. I had this dilemma today. Uh, When you guys go to the salon and you're getting your your ears lowered. You you know who you're talking to, right? Yeah. And and you you get the person. Like Chapman's rocking a Movember stash right now. You get the person to say, what do you think of this? Is this okay? Uh Uh-huh. And you're right, like right in between. You'd like it, you'd like it taken down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? Do you say take it a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Because the danger is you never do that. They they take it down way too much. Sure. Yeah. And then yeah. you're caught. 
So I had that today. I mm-hmm. love it, but it's probably not going to be lasting. Uh, it's probably on the on the shorter end of, of what a haircut will 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 stick around for. But I didn't want to go too far because then I was going to be on the other side. That was my dilemma. Yeah. So never you, you guys are both with me. You, you never yeah. take too much never, off. Yeah. No. You never go that extra degree. Ever. So you just stand back and you go, I'm fine. It's good. It's perfect. Well, yeah, because yeah. you can always go back in a week or two or whatever it is. Yeah. But like, you can't right. grow the hair back. Once that they quickly. take too much off, it, it, it's yeah, gone. You're done. Right. And and for you, I mean, your hair is like 90% of your charm. Yeah, and it's yeah, on, I know. Yeah, I mean, being a television guy, that's really important stuff. You don't want to be up there looking like a goofball. It's like 97% of your charm. No, no, you said 90. I know. I, I, he, I'm he, grading on a curve now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Grading on a curve now. But you're not wrong. Yeah, I like, I, I'll look great for the next week. And then I might have to go back and get a... I might have to go to somebody else, though. That's why they pay you the big bucks, though. Then I'll I'll feel bad. (laughs) I'll feel really bad. Uh, Detroit tomorrow, Boston Monday. Both 4 o'clock starts. Pre-game shows at 3 on Fox Sports.